When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today, we're going to be covering this week's episode of The Real Housewives of Potomac, and we have lots of mysteries to solve. Did Karen go to rehab in Florida? Is Robin getting married? Did Jacqueline sleep with a married man? Is Charisse the real grand dame of Potomac? Did Gordon sleep with a man? These mysteries and more we will uncover in this week's episode of Everything Iconic. Sit tight, little bear. we got lots to chat about. For every mystery, there is someone, somewhere, who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is watching. Perhaps it's you. Join me. Did you all watch Unsolved Mysteries in the 90s? That was a clip from the original version of Unsolved Mysteries, and they got a reboot on Netflix that I watched that's that's fun as well. But the original in the 90s, I mean, scared the bejesus out of me when I was a young kid. I remember my brothers and I used to put it on. They would babysit me, or we'd be all together, and parents would be out of the house, and we'd put on Unsolved Mysteries, and I've had, I have nightmares all night long about that man's voice. Remember, he came out in the trench coat, and he said, join me in solving these mysteries. Ah, oh, you guys, I love it. Still chills. Nothing's as scary as that. M. Thregan wishes she was as scary as the man from Unsolved Mysteries and that music. I mean, scary as Back. Okay, this week's uh, Potomac, we got lots to chat about. Of course, they're still on vacation. Before we get into the Potomac of all, though, I do want to mention there's a new show on the cock, on Peacock, called The Traders that I'm really into, you guys. It's sort of a competition series, and they got lots of reality stars. Brandy Glanville from Beverly Hills Housewives is on it. Kate Chastain from Below Deck is on it. Uh, Kyle Cook from Summer House is on it. And I don't want to give anything away, but Alan Cumming is the host of it. And give him all the Emmys. He's doing such incredibly unhinged hosting work on that show. The outfits that he's coming out in every scene, just you could you could watch it just for Alan's outfits in every time he's on screen. And he's doing this performance art that I, I've never seen anything like it in reality television. Never, ever, ever. And I think uh, in, it's an originally maybe a UK show or something. And I hear the other versions of The Traders is also the host is doing a lot. But I, Alan deserves all the Emmys, Oscar, Tony. Give him everything because he's so good. And then it's got uh, this – I don't know how to explain it. But it's – I guess maybe – I don't know how to explain it. I was going to say maybe sort of Big Brothery. There's some Big Brother people on it. Uh, and then there's also some people who aren't in reality TV. I just am really into it. I'm like five episodes in. And it took me an episode or two, and now I'm like obsessed with them. Like, who are the traitors? You gotta watch it. It's on, it's on the cock. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to mention that. Anything else? I gotta say, I'm looking forward to the new era of Bravo. We just saw, speaking of Summer House, the trailer for the new season. It's coming in February, the new season. I'm very excited about it. We got, Vanderpump Rules coming back. Of course, we got Jersey coming back. And I was just watching some old episodes of Jersey and uh, to get me excited for the new season. And I'll tell you what, I am missing Dolores just calling people jerk-offs, just calling everybody a jerk-off. 
that I, I noticed that in the last rewatch I did of the Realizes New Jersey, Dolores always calling everybody a jerk off when she's pissed at someone. She's like, you're a jerk off. Don't be a jerk off. And something about the way Dolores says and calls somebody a jerk off makes me feel right at home. And so I'm very excited for Dolores to come back and just be calling everybody a jerk off. Frank Sr., Frank Jr., all the Franks, all the Joes. Call everybody a jerk off because there's something so soothing about that woman calling people a jerk off. And so I'd like her to one day call me a jerk off. I just want Dolores to call every, cause none of the other women on any of the other franchises, I've never heard anyone call anyone a jerk off except for Dolores on Jersey. She's calling everybody a jerk off. And could you imagine Kyle Richards or Splits Richards calling somebody a jerk off? I don't know that that insult is just so good and it's so Dolores. And so. It only happens on Jersey, so I'm excited for them gals to come back. Can't wait. But in the meantime, we do have Potomac. Uh, we open this week with Karen and Sharice fighting at the table. Sharice keeps calling Karen fake and phony. And then Karen says, you've been asking for it, and now you got it. And what Karen is saying is, like, you've been asking for a fight to get back on this show. And now here, I'm giving you the attention that you want. Now, Karen says she questioned Sharice's genuineness for showing up to Karen's uh, parents' funeral. Now, this is something that we also explored on The Real Housewives of New York. Do you remember when Bethany Frankel uh, of the Skinny Gal Dynasty, she showed up to Jill Zarin's Bobby's uh, funeral? And then do you remember the accusation at the reunion was that she just showed up for cameras? And I think looking back on that, I think, yes, she did show up for the cameras, and it was good television. But it was also sort of weird. And then, so Sharice is doing it. There were no cameras at Karen's. And Karen still is skeptical of why Sharice showed up at this funeral. But And I was on Karen's side for this. Up until it was revealed that, uh, I think it was Jizzy, she said that Sharice had to drive four hours to get to the funeral. So it wasn't like there were any cameras. And she had to drive four hours. Four hours in the car is a lot. Now, I don't drive. I I barely pick someone up from the airport. I'm not interested. If you tell me you're coming to California, I ain't going to LAX. You get yourself an Uber or something because I'm not interested. And that's an hour. So the fact that someone would drive four hours there and back, that leads me to be on Charissa's side. Because why else would you do that? Because there's no cameras. Four hours is a lot. Meanwhile, they're just fighting. And everyone's yelling across the table. And then Candace is just eating a churro. She's just got a churro in her mouth that looked delicious. I saw some people eating steaks. And then, <laughs> and then the big smoking gun, this was the big crazy thing to me, was that Sharice said, okay, this is crazy, that Karen went to rehab in Florida. And then some of her friends or the girls had to go to Florida to get her. And then they partied after rehab. Okay, like, what is going on? I've never heard this before. And then I felt like they moved on so quickly. I'm like, well, what happened? Did I miss something? Maybe I missed them saying, uh, explaining the situation as I was watching. But I was like, why aren't we digging into this? No one was asking questions about the Karen in Florida rehab story. And I don't understand how that happened or how that came uh, to be. And we haven't heard about it until this moment. Has it been discussed previously in the seasons that I just missed it or I'm forgetting I'm blocking it out that happens? Because I don't ever remember somebody saying Karen went to rehab in Florida and then partied right after that. And then, I don't know, it's fucking crazy. I just think there's a lot of secrets. I think Karen here, the grand dame, I think I think the whole cast has got a bunch of fucking secrets. My baby's got some secrets. My baby's got a secret. There are some secrets going on in Potomac. And I don't understand why we're not getting any. And then Karen said something about not being able to go to Safeway and I don't, I was confused about that. Maybe somebody clear that up for me. Was she talking about Safeway, like the, the, is it in a grocery store? I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. They're trying to take down the Grand Diamond. I don't think it's going to work. On any other franchise, I think this could work, but I just don't, I can't see a Grand Dom takedown. I, I, out of any franchise, anyone else uh, cannot be taken down or can be taken down, but I don't see them successfully taking down the Grand Dom, even though it's clear to me, at least watching, that they all want it. Robin, Jizzy, they all want a Grand Dom takedown, and it's just not working. And you know what else is not working is the Shaman. The Shaman who blessed them all at the beach with all them feathers, he is not uh, obviously working because... Uh, Jizzy says at least they are communicating at the dinner, so maybe the shaman shaman did work. But uh, I'm not seeing it. I'm not buying it. Meanwhile, Jacqueline and me are talking too. They're so messy. Those two, those two. I don't see them getting better either. I don't see Jacqueline or Mia getting better. And then after this whole chaotic, crazy dinner, they we cut to 30 minutes later at the hotel bar. There's a cell footage of Candace dancing to drive back in the bar, which this looked like a good time. I was like, take me there. I want to go there. In the words of Maya from the Rugrats soundtrack. Do you remember, do you, do you remember that song? Take me there. I want to go there. Uh, anyway, I would like to go there to the bar with Candace dancing to drive back with Ashley. They were getting along. Every time I see Candace and Ashley getting along, I'm like, these two could be a dynamic duo if they'd get out of each other's own way. And even as I was watching Jersey, you guys, the old episodes of Jersey, I think if Margaret and Teresa could get out of their own way and team up, I think they could be an unstoppable duo because I think Margaret does a great job over there in Jersey, whether you like her or not. I feel like she's a strong presence on the show and so is Teresa, and yet they're always at odds. And I think if they teamed up, they'd be unstoppable. Unstoppable. And same with Candace and Ashley here on Potomac. I just think they need to. So Mia says that uh, she did sleep with the married man. She said, yeah, Gordon was married. And then Jacqueline points out to her that she sold her soul to the devil. And what she's really saying is like the fame is getting to your head. She's not outright saying that, but that's what she's saying. That's behind the words. So Mia then says that Jacqueline has uh, always been with the married peepee. She calls it a peepee. Now, do not like when people refer to a penis as pee-pee. I actually think it's one of the worst things to call that uh, appendage. My worst, the thing that I care for the least is when people call it a peen. Do not care for that. Do not ever say that in my presence. It makes me so uncomfortable, that word peen. Ugh. Anyway, pee-pee is not much better. Pee-pee's not much better. Uh, Jacqueline, at the end of the fight with Mia, uh, she just says, you're a bitch, you're the most disgusting human on this planet. How can they come back from this, Jacqueline and Mia? And it's sad because they have been friends since they were kids. Since they were throwing uh, bricks or forks or whatever, I think I misheard that last um, last time. I think I thought it was a fork, and then somebody DM'd me and said it was, they threw a brick or something. What was this, Stonewall? Like, why were they throwing bricks? Did I mishear that a couple weeks? Remember that fight they had on the show? And I thought in high school in the 11th grade, they threw a fork at the other one. But then somebody DM'd me and said, or a couple people, I think, DM'd me and said, no, she said a brick. And so I'm like, did Jacqueline throw the first brick at Mia? And, you know, I mean, it's a question on my mind now. Like, who threw the brick? And was it a brick or a fork? I don't know. I mishear things all the time. I gotta clean the ears out. Anyway, next morning, we have the, some of the gals go to the beach, some go to the pool, uh, some are doing these sex, sex exercises. Uh, that's the only way I could describe it. Ashley gathered all the gals and had them doing this thing. But then she said, Oh, I've been doing these sex exercises for a while now. And they haven't been working though. So I'm like, Well, why are you doing it? I think it's called Kudalini. I've never heard of Kudalini. And it's just a lot of like, Ooh, ah, it's like they were doing circles with their grinds. 
You got to do it in circles with the groins. <laughs> Hope none of them got a hernia because that would explode because the way that they were moving them groins in the sand, I don't know. I wouldn't be, uh, I don't know. And when you got no husbands around, you're just doing them moves. Wouldn't that make you a little horny? And then you'd want to, you'd be like, where are all the men? That's where I'd be looking for the pee-pee around me because you're moving like that. It just gets you excited. And so they were doing the kudalini only on day two. We're only on day two, you guys. This is, these trips, they're crazy. So crazy. Then we see all the gals that get in the sprinter van. Uh oh. No, every time we get in a sprinter van, something's going to hit the fan. And so nothing really happens in the sprinter van other than Karen asking Robin about the wedding date. And uh, this is interesting to me because Robin said it's none of your business. And it's like, well, it is our business because you're on a reality show. And now I'm so confused about this wedding because she says now they're going to Jamaica. They're going to be cruising through Jamaica in the words of Brittany from Vanderpump Rules. Sorry, honey. Already here. I'm cruising through Jamaica. Cruising through Jamaica. And they're going to be doing the wedding there. And her brother-in-law is getting, or someone in the family is getting married there. So they're going to sneak off and do the wedding while they're in Jamaica. Now, Robin says that she doesn't want to steal the thunder of the wedding that they're going to in Jamaica. So they're not going to tell anyone. But I still think this is uncouth or un, I don't like the manners of this because even though you're going to be sneaking away and doing it privately and you're not going to interrupt the wedding that you're there in Jamaica for, I still think then the memory of Jamaica is going to be for your wedding and not the wedding you're going to. It just, it does feel like stealing thunder to me. Even though she's going to be sneaking off, uh, something about it doesn't sit right for me. And it's maybe because I do not care for Robin. And so I'm nitpicking. And so I, if that's the case, I apologize, but it's my truth. And so something about it is rubbing me the wrong way, rubbing me the wrong way. I don't like her doing it. And this other time uh, when people are supposed to be celebrating their own weddings and then Robin's going to sneak off into their, her wedding. It's too many weddings. You get one wedding per trip. You do not just sneak off into other weddings. Anyway, they get to this Mayan healing water. I think it's called cenote. I do not like water that's not chlorinated, you guys. I do not care for I don't like lakes. I don't like oceans. I'd barely like a pool. And let alone one, they had all them fucking mosquitoes were biting their asses. Their cabooses were getting all bit up. I think Candace or Ashley was like, oh, my, my caboose has got some mosquito bites. And I'm not interested. You're in Mexico and you're going to some waters. I don't like lakes. When I was a kid in Ohio, it's like we didn't have beaches. So there was this place called Geneva on the Lake. It was the most disgusting beach, you guys. And we did our after prom there. It's sort of like a campsite lake situation. And there is sand, but you're walking through and there's basically like needles. You're stepping through the most crazy. It's just littered with the the whole beach and sand is littered. So you can't go through there barefoot because who knows what you'll step on, like a used condom and a tampon. You never know. And some old needle. And that's how Geneva on the lakes uh, sands are. But then people would go in the lake. And I'll never forget my mom when we, it was our after prom. And my mom's like, Dan, you do not go in the lake. You could drown. She always, she warned us all, do not go in the lake. And all the other kids were going in the lake. And I had Linda's voice in my head, like, I do not go in the lake. And then one of the friends almost did drown because it's not safe to go in the lake. I don't care. Yeah, there's not sharks or whales, but I just don't, I'm not into lake. And you know, I said I barely like a pool too. Let me share with you one of my phobias. This is like a weird thing, but I am so grossed out. I don't know why I'm sharing this with you all because you probably don't care and I probably shouldn't even share this in public or out loud, but I am always grossed out in pools and hot tubs and you know public public bodies of water. 
when you know when you're in a pool and you lean up against the edges of it and people put their arms so they're submerged in the water and they put their arms over like the outside of the pool do you get what i'm saying or in a hot tub when you're leaning up against the back of a hot tub and you put your arms up and they're resting on the concrete outside of the hot tub i've always my whole life been so grossed out of like when I'm in a pool, I'm just in the center. Or when I'm in a hot tub, I'm in the center. I'm not comfortable leaning up against the backs of hot tubs or pools. <laughs> this makes me sound crazy. Do I sound crazy? Well, I probably always sound crazy, so who the fuck cares? At this point, I mean, you guys have been listening to how many years have I been doing this? I sound like a fucking nut, but I'm grossed out by the edges of pools. And I don't know what that is, but it's like a, I, I probably need to tell my therapist about it because something, a weird phobia that I have. And I don't know if anyone else has ever had that phobia. If you have had that phobia, reach out to me because I'm curious if it's an actual thing. And some people are scared of bees or I don't know, other stuff. Or I remember on the challenge, if anyone watches MTV's The Challenge, there was a woman on there named Jemmy who was scared of ketchup. Like she, <laughs> I'll never forget there was this episode where somebody put ketchup on her and she was like losing it. She freaked out. She said, what are you doing? Get this ketchup off of me. <laughs> she was so freaked out about the ketchup. And we all have these weird things. And maybe not all, but I feel like most people have a weird thing. And that's my, I'd say my weirdest one is the edges of pools and I'm always so grossed out that people can just put their arms up. Like I envy people who can lean up against the back of a pool and have their back touching the back of where you get. I couldn't do it. Couldn't be me. Or even, you know, when you are getting into a pool, a public pool, and they have that stairwell and they have the railing. I'm grossed up by the railings. I'm grossed up by the railings, like the, the metal railings that you go into a pool. I don't like to touch it. I don't like to touch nothing in a pool, even the chlorinated. So anyway, that, all that's to say, I, I barely can get in a pool, let alone a lake where you don't know what the, uh, there is other than a bunch of mosquitoes biting your caboose. It's not okay. Not okay. But uh, they're Mayan healing waters, I guess. So no healing, no water is healing enough to fix this group. Ladies, am I right? Because this group's a hot fucking mess. Especially right now, I feel like they're more torn apart than ever. Uh, anyway, Ashley and Candace do talk. They have a lunch at this... What's with these transitions? I know we've talked about this a few times on the show, but what the fuck is going on with these transitions on the show? Because when they came out of that Mayan healing water and went to the the lunch... I felt like they were showing us the waves crashing again. They're always showing us them fucking waves crashing. And it's like, what is, what is this white Lotus situation happening that they keep showing us? I feel like that when you're watching white Lotus, that's how the transitions are. It's like they're showing us close ups of oceans and stuff. And now it's happened on Potomac every episode. I thought it was maybe like one episode it was going to be. And then now every week they're showing us the waves crashing. It's real dramatic. I'm not saying I don't like it, but. Uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned about it. I'm concerned and it's, it's something new to me. I got to get adjusted to it maybe. Uh, so they do have lunch and this is where Ashley and Candace have that talk. Ashley apologizes for the Sesame Street, uh, situation. She says it was not meant to be harmful. She says in regards to bringing that Sesame Street character to the, uh, Karen Variety Hour and, uh, having her talk to Candace, which is a big old lie. Ashley's very clearly lying. Very clearly lying. Uh, but we do get this nice flashback montage of Ashley and Candace feuds of yesteryear. They do decide that they want to move on, so we'll see if that happens. I'm certain it won't, but uh, they're saying they want to. Uh, also, and anyone else noticing, every time they sit down for a lunch or something, Giselle, I think, pointed out that she wanted the bottled water. She said something about the bottled water, and that always makes me think of the Sex in the City movie when they're in Mexico and Charlotte Poughkeepsie in her pants. 
Charlotte Poughkeepsie in the pants. Remember that? Ah, I love the Sex and City. Oh, by the way, did you see? And just like that, they're filming the season two. And Aiden's back. Aiden, they showed a picture of him, uh, a picture of him and Carrie walking down the street. Aiden's back, baby. I was always Team Aiden. I'm not sure how popular that makes me, but I was always Team Aiden. And Big's out of the question, out of the equation. And Carrie obviously always makes the worst decisions ever. So, of course, it makes sense for her to go back to Aiden. I'm just concerned, really, about what's to come with Che Diaz. What's going to be happening with Che Diaz? What's going to be happening? Anyway, we're going to have to find out. Watch what happens. I think I might recap and just like that next season. Like, I think we're going to do full recaps of it and just like that. Cause it's so crazy. It's so fun to talk about. I recap sex and uh, the city over on the Patreon page. So if you want access to those, I do one a month. It's a uh, patreon.com slash everything iconic, I think is the link. And if you donate $4 more per month, you get those bonuses, but I have so much fun doing sex in the city. And I briefly touched on it and just like that last year, but I think we're going to dive head first whenever it comes. I don't know when it's coming, but hopefully it comes soon and we can recap that because it's just so fun to talk about. It's crazy and also terrible in a lot of ways, but I can't wait. We have to take a quick break here. We'll be back with much more of the recap of The Real Houses of Potomac. Go to everythingiconic.store for Everything Iconic merch. You can also get tickets to the Everything Iconic live shows in April at everythingiconic.com or just check the links for the uh, for all this stuff in the episode description. We'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Uh, okay, so then we see the lobby bar, and there's this very ominous music. Ashley tells Sharice. They're not mic'd either. Ashley's there with Sharice, and they're not even mic'd. And I thought there was going to be some big... Uh, reveal here because they weren't mic'd and they were showing it, but nothing really happened other than Sharice says Karen isn't a good friend to anyone. And I guess Ashley sort of agrees with that. Why is everyone mean, mean to the grand dame? I don't like it. I don't like it. Anyway, then we cut to dinner. They start with the tequila shots. Ashley brings up Robin's wedding. Uh, Robin then says, now at this point, she doesn't even know if she wants a wedding. She's getting married the day after uh, the brother-in-law in Jamaica, not telling anyone else. And the gals decide to throw her a bachelorette party, which is obviously for the TV show because they're not even invited to the wedding. And yet they're going to throw her the bachelorette party. I don't know. This is screaming TV to me. I know we're watching a reality show and I get that. We've been doing this for so many years. We've been seeing uh, these women 
for so many years, ever since the early days of Kota Takaza. And so obviously these shows get more and more produced as time goes by. So I understand that they have to do events that maybe aren't natural to the group. And so they're going to be doing a bachelorette party, despite the fact that none of them are really getting along. And none of them are even invited to the fucking wedding, even though it's only going to be, what, four people at the wedding? Still, it's a little, It's a, you're asking me to suspend a lot of disbelief. And so that's troubling to me. And I, I would like us to maybe get back to basics a little bit. Get back to basics a little bit. Did you guys see that interview that Lisa Rinna did? She did like an exit interview with the uh, interview magazine. And she talks about leaving the show and uh, all the, she talks about who the best housewives are, have been. It's a very interesting interview, but, uh, she's going to be gone. And so she, one of the issues I think with Lisa Rinna is that she's so produced and it works for a while until it doesn't with all of these women. Of course, we know that somebody needs to kind of step up and produce the show and uh, outside of, I'm talking about in the cast. Of course, we have the brilliant producers outside of the cast, but I think it helps when somebody's in the cast during the pot, moving storylines forward. But there comes a tipping point where it becomes too fakey, it becomes too desperate, too whatever you want to call it, but it's a tipping point. And I thought that that's what happened with Lisa Rinna. I thought there was a tipping point. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on with social media. It just felt overboard. And so I'm worried. I hope the Potomac women, one of the things that I always loved about them is that it felt natural in the cast producing. And so I'm just hoping that we don't have the tipping point. Am I making sense? I don't think that we are, and I don't anticipate it too soon, but it's something that should be on our radars is the tipping point. Uh, anyway, they're going to throw that bachelorette party for her sham wedding. Then Giselle brings up Sharice's character being assassinated. Now it seems like everyone wants Sharice on the cast, except for the audience. Is anyone else, is anyone else feeling that way? I feel like the audience were kind of done with Sharice, and yet here are Robin and Jizz talking about Sharice is the actual grand dame, and she's the queen of Potomac, and they're trying to get Karen to engage with Sharice, which in any other situation, I don't think they would want Karen to engage with Sharice, because they'd be like, why do we want Sharice back on the show? Because wouldn't Giselle and Robin and some of the other gals see that Sharice maybe isn't good TV. So it's like, why do they want her back so bad? That's what I don't understand. And I think Karen might have pointed out in her confessional that Sharice has shit on those other women, too. So Sharice obviously has a lot. She knows where all the bodies are buried. She knows the skeletons in the closet. She's solved all them mysteries. So that's the only thing that I'm holding on to with Sharice, because otherwise I don't understand why we're keeping her around, because there have been other times in past seasons that they've had Sharice popping in and out or kind of on the periphery, and it never worked. There was even a season where they edited a lot of footage out of Sharice. I don't know if that was last season or season before. But so Sharice hasn't been working for a few years on the show, and yet Robin and Giselle are seemingly trying so hard to make a storyline happen with Sharice and Karen. And for what? Why? Why? Because I don't think any of us care. But who cares? That's what I think every time I see Sharice now. And so why does Robin and Giselle want Sharice back on the show? Why do they want her to have a storyline with Karen? Why are they pushing that feud so hard? Why? We have to ask ourselves that because there's obviously some something. Sharice must know something. And Karen pointed that out. And I don't know. It's odd, though. You know what else was odd? Did anyone see when they were at the dinner? So they're sitting at this new dinner. Wendy looks so tired, by the way. You could just tell she was like exhausted by this trip. We're on day two. She's like, get me the fuck out of here. 
I love that she was eating. But the other thing that was so odd to me was that uh, Robin was eating. I it was I think it was pizza. I think it was pizza, but it might have been something else. It was some sort of flat triangle thing. Could have been a quesadilla. Could have been a slice of pizza. But the way she was eating it, you guys, it was chilling, chilling, chilling. I got, I mean, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. the hairs on the back of my neck stood up because she's holding it with a fork and cutting it. But it looked like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it, but it reminded me of something scary. I was nervous. She was, she was eating it and holding it with a fork. So it was like picture holding a piece of pizza, but then she was like holding it up with a fork. And look, I would be, if I was on a reality TV show, I was, I was, I was on camera. I would be so nervous about how I was eating on camera. That's all I'd be thinking about. And it would be so stressful because you go to these dinners and naturally you're going to want some, uh, if production's picking up the tab, I'd be like, okay, let me get an appetizer. Let me get a pizza. Let me get a dessert. You'd want all these foods, but then I'd be thinking, well, the camera's going to see me shoving this, uh, shoveling the food in my face. And then I'm going to look like a slob on camera, a slob kebab. And so I would be so concerned with it. So I do think maybe Robin was overcompensating with the pizzas. She had to eat it with a fork and use the fork to hold it up so that she looked a little more delicate on camera. And so I get that, but it was chilling because it was like, even if it might have been a quesadilla, but then like holding it with the, it was like the fork in the left hand and the slight, the triangle slice in the right and like propping it up with the fork. It was, it was something about it unsettling, unsettling to me. I had a nightmare about it. I say I was up all night. And night sweats. I was just <laughs> eyes bugging out of my head like Ramona Singer in the middle of the night, four in the morning. I'm like, uh oh, why was Robin eating it like that? And maybe it's just me. <laughs> I was up all night just sweating. Matt's like, is everything okay? Do you is something wrong? You have a nightmares? And I was like, yeah, I'm having night terrors about Robin eating that piece of pizza over in Potomac. That's what I think about at night, just playing over and over in my head the one little, the one frame of her holding up, hoisting up the slice of pizza to her mouth. It was just haunting me. What is that about? I maybe I need to get a hobby or something because I shouldn't be thinking about that kind of stuff in the middle of the night. But these women they infiltrate our heads, and then you—that's all I'm thinking about all week long. I'm at the grocery store. I'm in bed. I'm thinking of Robin hoisting pizza to her mouth. Like what the fuck is that? Anyway, Robin and Giselle or Robin and Karen do fight because Robin says one day people are going to see you for who you are—a bullshitter—and Karen just says, "Okay, Robin. <laughs> okay, Robin." Then they talk about the Mia and Wendy of it all. Mia didn't apologize. And they talk about assault. Wendy says, do you know the definition of assault? Like, you assaulted me. And then Mia goes, do you know the definition of defamation of character? And I was thinking, like, I don't think you do, Mia. You know, no offense, but I don't think Mia knows a whole lot of definitions, to be honest. And I hope that's not mean of me. I mean, I'm not a big Webster dictionary either, by the way. So I got no room to talk, but I'm going to talk because I got a microphone in front of me. So I don't think that uh, Mia probably knows a lot of, of Webster dictionary definitions. And yet she says to Wendy, do you even know the definition of defamation of character? So then Wendy says, you don't even know how to be a friend to your friend of 30 years. Wow. Wow, Dr. Wendy. Wow. And then Wendy says that Gordon, uh, Mia says, you said that my husband Gordon slept with a man. And then Wendy's like, what? And I was so confused because I didn't remember hearing that. And then back in that other fight that they had in the first vacation, can you believe that they had this like assault fight on another vacation? And then the women decided to go on vacation again. (laughs) Again, we're asked to suspend a lot of disbelief when we watch the housewives, but it's so funny to me that a group of friends would go on one vacation and it would be so disastrous that 
one of the women had to go to a hotel. Like Wendy had to go to a hotel and go somewhere else. Remember, uh, what's her face? Sharice didn't even get a bathroom. She had to poop in the hall or wherever. We don't even know because she didn't have a bathroom. Remember that house, the first trip that Mia planned? So they go on that trip. It was a complete disaster. Everybody was fighting. Remember, Robin took out the Alexa speaker and started confronting Candace and was like, you said this about all your friends on Instagram. Like, like it was a fucking disaster. So imagine in real life, you get together with your girlfriends. That trip happens. And then just a couple weeks later, you get the same group together and you're like, we should go away again. That was fun. And it's like, that would never happen in real life. But on the reality show, we're supposed to believe that this exact group of people who had such a disastrous first vacation is going to say, yeah, let's get together again. We should go away. (laughs) It's so fucking nuts. I love it. Anyway, so that first trip, when Wendy and Mia were fighting, Wendy said something about threesomes or bringing other people into the relationship. She said women, men, whatever. So she wasn't saying like, Gordon was second D. Which, by the way, it wouldn't be so bad if he did. Who cares? Who doesn't Who doesn't like to do that? Ladies and right. I like dick. I mean, it is what it is. I don't like when people use that as insult. Like, he sucked his dick. It's like, who cares? If Gordon wanted to do that, God bless. We support that. If it's As long as it's consensual between the marriage and the other person, then great. So, but that wasn't what Wendy was saying, is my point. Wendy was just saying, yeah, you bring other people, men, women, who knows? And now Mia is reaching and saying, oh, you said he's sleeping with a man. And then then she's trying to like twist Wendy's words. You catch that? She's like, so what's wrong with it if it was a man? And Wendy's like, oh, it's fine. I didn't even say that. Like she's trying to pick a fight. Mia just does a lot. She does a lot. Sometimes it's really fun and I love it. And other times it's too much. So then there's also this thing about Peter. I guess Mia slept with Peter's girlfriend before he she got with Peter. I'm a little concerned about the Peter infiltration on Potomac. It's not sitting right with me. And it was fine for the first cast trip, but now we're getting into the territory of like, now I'm concerned that Peter might be joining this cast. And that's troubling. That's also going to keep me up at night. Which, by the way, did you hear the news that Phaedra, it's alleged that she's joining Mary to medicine, which I had thought, I'd said this on the show, that she was going to be joining Dubai. I thought they were setting her up to join the cast of the real house size of Dubai. Now, I'm, I thought for sure she would join Dubai because to me, they set it up perfectly. And I think Dubai needed something because Dubai wasn't getting sort of the attention that a lot of the other franchises was getting. And I thought that would be the perfect thing for season two to have someone who the audience is familiar with joining the cast. Phaedra had appeared in that season, season one of Dubai. And so it made sense. She even had said she's like looking for a place there. So I thought for sure she was joining Dubai for season two, which we still haven't heard anything about a season two. And now it was just announced, not by Bravo, but I think it was a pretty, I don't know if it was confirmed yet, but it's now looking like Phaedra might be joining Married to Medicine, which is, for my money, one of the best shows on Bravo, Married to Medicine. I've never seen it. I think it's probably better than most of the house-size franchises, if not all. So it excites me that Phaedra is joining Married to Medicine. However, I put on my monocle and I started thinking about this and tried to solve the mysteries, like an unsolved mystery. And I thought that this might mean that Dubai's not coming back. That's what I'm taking to believe. And I could be totally wrong, so don't quote me on this. But I just think that they would have had Phaedra join Dubai before. And you could, some of you might say, oh, well, Phaedra doesn't live in Dubai. Well, guess what? This is a reality show and they were setting her up to join Dubai. So if you read between the lines, not only was she appearing a couple times over in Dubai, but she also was saying on camera on Watch What Happens Live and other places that she was looking for a place in Dubai. 
And what she was saying is like, I was looking for a place to rent for the three months that they filmed the show over there. And now I'm thinking Dubai might not be coming back because if, if Phaedra, again, I'm reading between the lines, but I kind of feel like maybe Dubai's not coming back. And I, I don't know any confirmation about that. I just feel it in my bones because I think otherwise she would have joined Dubai not married to medicine. So I think she was probably waiting to see if Dubai was getting picked up and if they were going to offer a contract over there. She's going to be on the next season of Ultimate Girls Trip, so she's working with the network quite a bit. But I don't know. It's interesting to me. And maybe I'm totally wrong, but that's kind of my theory. That's my conspiracy theory. Again, no I don't know anything about it. Okay, so then Peter, we talked about him. Um, him, And then uh, Candace, it was so funny when she was hearing about Mia and who she's sleeping with Peter's ex-girlfriend. Candace and her confessional was being so funny. She's like, there's hoes everywhere. Bank, Walmart, let me not judge. And I love Candace's confessionals. Oh, she makes me laugh. Then, uh, let's see, it ends with the Wendy calling Mia a gutter ass bitch. A gutter ass bitch. I might have told this story before, but I remember this girl when I was in high school or maybe it was middle school. We were getting on the bus and she was so frustrated by this other guy. Like this guy was being an asshole to her and she just called him an ass bitch. She's like, you're such a, she was like looking for an insult and she was a real sweet, sweet girl. And she couldn't think of a good insult. And she's just like, you're a, you're an ass bitch. And she called him an ass bitch. And so anytime I hear ass and bitch together, it makes me laugh. And so Wendy called her a gutter ass bitch, but uh, if you were to cut the word gutter out, it would be like middle school when I saw this girl call another guy an ass bitch. And it always, still to this day, I think about her calling him an ass bitch. You're an ass bitch. <laughs> You're nothing but an ass bitch. Just put, <laughs> just put two random insults together. You're an ass bitch. Yeah, and so, I mean, Mia was being an ass. I'm sorry. I know. I, I don't want to call people names. But... I just did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, they table it. I'm on Team Wendy. I am. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Next time we have Karen, it's revealed that she loves porn because it's beautiful. Karen calls Robin's wedding fake. I do want to stick up for Robin for a minute before we go here. And I want to say that Karen is coming a little too hard for Robin's wedding situation. And uh, I, despite the fact that I do feel similarly to Karen, that the wedding's a sham and it's not really happening, I don't think that Karen needs to keep coming for it. And the problem I think I have is that Karen keeps asking her about the wedding and then every time she gives an answer that she doesn't like, Karen shades it. And it's like, well, 
just if you don't care about it, stop asking about it. Am I making sense? Maybe not. Who knows? Then what else we have next week? It's revealed that Karen was with some blue-eyed man at the uh, Vegas bar. What is going on? There's all these secrets, apparently, with Karen Huger. The Grand Dame's got all these secrets. And I need to solve these mysteries. Like, what is going on? Because it's like we heard about rehab. Now we're hearing about a blue man group in Vegas or a blue eyed group, blue eyed man. Why am I saying blue man group? What the fuck is blue man group? Isn't that that show? Actually, can we talk about that for 45 minutes? What the fuck is the blue man group? Has anyone seen the blue man group? It was big in like maybe the nineties or early two thousands. It was like, I remember going when they came through Cleveland. I thought that's what all like theater and Broadway was like. Did anyone else see Blue Man Group in the 90s because it was fucking nuts. It's just people dressed as Smurfs banging on a fucking drum. And by the way, I've always hated those shows where it's just people banging on shit. I'm sorry to anyone out there who is in Blue Man Group. If any of the cast is listening, my apologies. Or anyone from Stomp. But I fucking hate Stomp. I hated Stomp. Still to this day. Talk about phobias. I have a phobia of seeing Stomp because I'm not interested in people just banging on shit. It's absurd to me. And when I was growing up in Ohio, I wasn't exposed to a lot of theater. So when uh, the only thing that people saw there, uh, at least in where I come from, my family, the only thing they were interested in seeing was like fucking Blue Man Group or Stomp. And so I had to see it. And so then my childhood brain, until the Rosie O'Donnell show came along and started introducing me to other Broadway performances, I thought that the only theater or Broadway I thought was Blue Man Group and Stomp. And I was like, who the fuck wants to see that shit? I mean, truly some of the worst live theater. (laughs) I'm sorry. I say some of the worst live theater as someone who performed uh, in the title role of Tony and Tina's wedding in Chicago. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that, but it's dinner theater in Chicago. And I played, I played the Dominic. I played Tony. I mean, I was in that, that show for a couple of years, Tony and Tina's wedding. I was, it's dinner theater. People were literally eating pasta as I was performing my role. I mean, that's what Tony and Tina's wedding is and was. I don't think they still have it in Chicago, but they still have performances somewhere. Anyway, uh, that to me is 10 times better than Stomp or Blue Man Group. Like, why are people putting on all that fucking blue makeup? Who wants to see that? And what's the appeal? And how did it go so long? And who created it? Who? How high were they when they created Stomp and Blue Man Group? And then also, like, how did it catch on? Why were people buying so many tickets to that? Because if it would have failed, we wouldn't have ever seen the blue people again until Avatar. And then it would have been a different story. But, I mean, the 90s, the only blue people I knew, the only Navi I was introduced to were the Blue Man Group. And they were just banging on fucking drums. And, I mean, James Cameron, that's probably the inspo he got for Avatar and Avatar 2. I haven't seen the new Avatar, but I'm sure that was his inspo was the Blue Man Group, banging on them fucking drums. And uh, so I, if it would have failed right off the bat, then we probably would have never gotten a touring company of Stomp or Blue Man Group, and I would have never seen it as an impressionable young child, and I might have been more interested in the theater. And perhaps James Cameron would have never had the idea for Avatar if he never saw them blue people banging on the fucking drums. So maybe we have them to blame and to thank for Avatar. I don't know. I'm not sure the circle of events, you know, what's that theory, the butterfly effect? Who knows what the butterfly effect was of the Blue Man Group, but I believe it to be the impetus for the movie Avatar and the blue people we see in those. So I don't know if I should thank or to disgrace the Blue Man Group, but the point is it was fucking nuts. And Stomp, too, they didn't even, at least Blue Man Group, they gave you people dressed in blue, something interesting to look at visually. Stomp, what the fuck were they dressed as? Just regular, everyday people banging on fucking drums. 
I mean, come on, I can go to see my nieces and nephews bang on shit just the same. And uh, it was just absurd. They, did they even do singing in those shows? Did Stomp and Blue Man Group sing? I think the Blue Man Group, weren't they mute? Didn't they not speak? It was like their whole thing was they're not speaking. They were just banging on shit. Anyway, it was a mess. And the 90s were a mess in general. But um, speaking of being introduced to theater, very excited about this because this week on the show, guess who we have? Kristen Chenoweth, queen icon legend. You guys, I'm so excited for you to hear this interview. I love Kristen Chenoweth. One of my faves. Last week, we had Anna Conkle from Pen15. We talk a lot about Bravo stuff, too. So if you maybe aren't familiar with Anna, we talk about her show Pen15, her new movie. And then we also get into Bravo stuff. And she's just, she's the best. She's so funny. And we had a great time. So check those out. Salt Lake City is off this week, so there will be no recaps of it. And also, we're in reunion period. And I don't normally cover the reunion. So we might dip into Salt Lake City. But otherwise, we are uh, going to be just focusing on Potomac until we get Dolores calling everybody a jerk off over in Jersey. Vanderpump Rules covering that. And so we got a lot to come. But Salt Lake, I don't know how we're going to do the reunions, but I just want to keep you posted. In the meantime, we do have an interview with Kristen Chenoweth coming. I want to thank you all for listening. Get the tickets to the live shows for Everything Iconic. We're going to have fun. Salt Lake City, we're going to be there. We're going to be in Denver, and we're going to be in Seattle. And the tickets are going really quick. I don't. Uh, only so many tickets are left, so I hope you'll come and see, and it'll be a good time. <sighs> Should we do our cheese little cool down? I want to thank Acast. And I want us to all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. And it only hurts when I'm breathing. <laughs> I love you all so much. I can't believe I got to do this show sometimes. I mean, when I, I can't believe it. This is just uh, it's the best job in the world. I'm so grateful. I, I have the best time with you guys. And I really do feel like we're all in a room together, despite the fact that I'm in a room alone talking to a microphone. But I just love you all. I mean, this is just the best job in the world. It's just the best. I love you all. Uh, stay safe. And uh, tune in to Kristen Chenoweth this week. I love you all. Bye-bye.